Welcome to Navigating Betrayal Live webinar podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Kaylee Dunn, a betrayal navigation coach, betrayal trauma therapist for over a decade and admin of this free group, Humans Navigating Betrayal. You guys, as you already are noticing, it's a little different today. And I hope you guys are so excited to connect in with us and hear from my buddy and colleague, Hope Ray. So today we're going to co-host our webinar um, stick around for a short Q&A at the end. So if you have questions throughout about what we're talking about, or you want to put your input in about a different something that we're talking about, please put your comments right here in the Facebook group um, under this live. And at the end, I'll go back to those and um, make sure that we answer any questions you have or read any comments. And then I have a big announcement that hope is kind of a part of too. So we're going to do that. So stay till the very end so that you get that big announcement. Okay. So what we're going to be discussing today, um, is this really, it's a really big question. So there's a lot of places we can go with it and it's how do we shift to self-care and safety after betrayal? That's the question. And also like, why is it so hard? But first I want hope to introduce yourself. Um, let everybody know who you are, what your background and why you're here <laughs> in awesome. doing this role. Yeah. Well, I'm here because it's a chance to spend time uh, collaborating with you, Kaylee, which is just fun. It's so fun. It's always I'm fun. I'm grateful for your friendship and your expertise in this field and the way that you illuminate important truth for people who are going through betrayal. Uh, and so just hoping to contribute to the, the conversation today, I'm a therapist in Michigan, and I currently uh, lead individual intensives for couples uh, through a three-day mm -hmm. journey of disclosure and polygraph and transformative uh, honesty intervention. And I do that based off of uh, some of the work that I've put together and finally released this past year around complex partner trauma and the concept of betrayal violence. So those are the two areas that my nose has been down in for years and years. And in the last year, I finally uh, put that stuff into the world. So I'm grateful about that. Uh, I also do individual intensives for women who are either uh, in the throes of betrayal and they're, they're partnered or married to someone who's, you know, either addicted or living a secret life and uh, being abusive uh, in non-physical ways, but in psychological, emotional ways, uh, or for women who are divorced or divorcing, separated from that type of situation. So I meet individually with them. They come to Michigan for a few days and we work together. So uh, that's, I think, a good little chunk about me. Yeah, that is a good chunk about you. Um, and you know, you have really been doing this work for a very long time and really fit for the community that we work that we're, we're going live with right here in this humans navigating betrayal group. So, um, I think that everything that you bring today is going to really be beneficial. So let's go to that question. And I'd love to hear your perspectives on this and I'll chime in as well. My thoughts on this, this is just a huge question. Um, so like, why is it so hard for us to shift to safety and self-care? And then maybe we'll just start there because I like to start with that component of it, but yeah, it's, I like to be really compassionate towards that component that it is very difficult and it can even feel like a slap in the face at first, that invitation to turn towards self. So let's just talk a little bit about that. 
Well, and I like, I like the question. And I think, uh, you know, when I think of this question, I think, gosh, there is a lot we probably want to talk about before we just say, oh, well, the shift, you just decide to start taking care of yourself. Uh, right. I don't have a really organized way to talk through this because this question is not something that I've sat down and decided I wanted to write about or really create some sort of resource around. And, and I think part of that is because it is pretty different for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, but there's probably a few things that are the same. So here's one of the first things I think I'll see what you think, Kaylee. Um, you know, you have to be able to have a certain level of safety uh, in order for your nervous system to stop trying to protect you so much. And even once you have safety, your nervous system will most likely stay activated. And, and that's when it becomes tricky to find a way to, in the midst of safety, that's real and true, uh, yeah. allow yourself to come into a place of, of, you know, essentially homeostasis again, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> there's, there's different ways we could look at this question. You know, I mean, if you're not safe in a physical way or financially, you're not safe or, um, you're experiencing abuse, you know, then there's certain priorities there that would maybe not apply to somebody who feels relatively safe, but just does, is not able to focus on taking care of themselves. They're caught up in right. this world of trauma, etc. So I guess, looking at it from a zoomed out lens, I would say, you know, there's probably two main groups that we're going to be talking about. One would be in inactive abuse or inactive unsafe situations. And those yeah. who then have some level of safety, but are just wanting to find ways to take better care of themselves. There's kind of different options on the table for those two groups. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I love that you're bringing that in kind of like kind of like great question, but we've got to create this foundation of understanding. And I, and part of it, um, especially for that group that's in active abuse. I was wondering if you could share a little bit with us about, this is coming to mind now, about why, why are we having that activated trauma response in both, in both groups? Um, and maybe share a little bit about betrayal violence with us, because that's something that I think is really foundational, that if we don't understand betrayal violence as a form of abuse, we're not going to really understand why we're feeling this way in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you'd mind sharing with us that theory. And, and of course, those of us that are therapists and coaches and have seen this played out in real time, but I'd love for you to share, share that. Yeah, with us. Well, thanks for the invitation. I know so many in this group uh, have experienced the, you know, conduct of betrayal violence, but let me break it down because it sounds like a scary word, you know, violence yeah. sounds like something that would be physical, um, involve malice and intentional lurking in order to create harm. But that's actually not the definition of of violence. And our society does need a more thorough understanding of violence. Truly, if somebody uses power and control in a way that benefits them at the disadvantage of another person, it can unfold into violent outcomes. And again, it doesn't have to be physical, although what we know is that in the realm of secret cheating, there can be physical consequences, which could constitute sexual assault, essentially, when somebody right. does not have uh, well, the information they need to properly consent to how their body is exposed to things that are being just uh, withheld from them, information right. being withheld from them. 
So betrayal violence, to be quick and clear about it, it's, you know, it's, it's the most non-pathologizing way really to describe what's going on that causes all this trauma for betrayed partners. You know, sometimes we call these people sex addicts or narcissists or many things all lumped into one. And some of those things may be true. Uh, at the end of the day, though, if there's one thing they're all doing, it's the same three things The the conduct that they're doing is the following. Number one, they are partnered with somebody in a, you know, a, a commitment of monogamy, where the expectation is monogamy. So they're maintaining a relationship with their significant other while secretly and repeatedly violating fidelity. And fidelity violations can be done in physical sexual ways or non-physical sexual ways, including, you know, using finances and, and keeping secrets there to support acting out. So maintaining a relationship with your partner while secretly and repeatedly violating fidelity. And the third thing then is using you know, deception, persuasion, subterfuge, gaslighting, uh, abusive behavior and communication to withhold essential information from the partner. This disables the partner from being able to accurately assess their own reality, uh, the reality of their relationship, the reality of their own safety and well-being. And so it leads to trauma, which I call complex partner trauma. And, um, so betrayal violence uh, is essentially another form of domestic violence. It is very often not intended by the person doing it because they're using power and control evasively to try and avoid consequences and sometimes even protect their partner from knowing this dark side of them. Uh, they know how much pain would unfold, but it's not noble to do these things. And they always unfold in traumatic uh, ramifications for families and for partners. So I think when we look at betrayal violence, in order to look at this question, you know, we would have to say, if you've experienced that, uh, then you've had <clears throat> a straitjacket on your reality. And it, the belts mm -hmm. of that straitjacket were fastened by your closest and dearest, the person mm -hmm. to whom you looked to maintain your best interest and uphold what, uh, what mattered to you and, and, mm -hmm. and the uh, the the deception and the abusive behavior that's used in place of the love and protection that was expected causes a lot of extreme detriment. So it it absolutely uh, constitutes trauma, and then our nervous systems get you know super activated. Right, and so when we step into the world of healing, right? So, so there's the illusion, there's the, there's the lies, the manipulation, that straitjacket that you described that's created, not just by our partner, which certainly is, but also by society that would prefer us to stay blind to all of this stuff because it's easier for them. Right. Yeah. When we step from that place of illusion into a place of recognition of betrayal, becoming awake, which is what our group is really full of is people who are awake to betrayal, awake to the way the world is. And it is, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. And, and then when you take that step in and you start reaching out to therapists and coaches and, and even just even social media accounts, and you're met with, take care of yourself. You should just do some self-care. Um, I've called it the weaponization of self-care that's been used in from society as well as sometimes your partner sometimes your partner's therapist to say okay well the reason you're having this big reaction is because you're not doing enough self-care 
Um, and that word itself can feel triggering. It can feel like, um, like, what do you mean to take care of myself as though somehow you weren't taking care of yourself before and that's what's led you to where you are now. And so all these feelings are coming up because you weren't. And I want anyone listening here to know that Hope and I and, and those that are doing this work, I think with a, with a clear awareness of this experience, experiencing it myself as well, is that no, right? You're feeling the pain you're feeling. You're going through the turmoil, the agony, the tear your, want to tear your skin off, can't look at yourself in the mirror, feeling dead inside, all of those traumatic experiences because of what's been done to you, right? This isn't about your poor attachment or your inability or your childhood traumas. Now, those things might be influential factors, of course, as to how you're experiencing this trauma now, but that you're experiencing it because this happened to you, something happened to you. And that thing that happened to you is called betrayal violence, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we say, why is it so hard? You know, you kind of already touched on this. Why is it so hard for us to gently shift to self-care, self-compassion, and find that safety that we need? Well, it's because we're lamb blasted by trauma due to betrayal violence. And so it's like, I say, it's kind of like you get a tsunami, you're standing on a, on a, beach trying to get away and every time you try to get away the tsunami comes and hits you again so of course it's pulling you back into um that survival mode that is really going to naturally be focused on your partner the one who is harming you right it's as if someone threw you into the a cage a lion's cage and then they stand outside the bars and they're like hey look at me look at me Self-care, self-care, remember, don't look at the lion, just take some deep breaths, do some yoga, just do some yoga. <laughs> don't look at the lion, right? It's yeah. insanity, right? It's an, it feels like crazy making. And yet, in order for us to get that prefrontal cortex back online and to start making some long-term planning and some future vision, we actually do have to create safety and create um do some self-care and some um, really gentle nurturing of ourselves. So I get, and I think Hope gets as deeply as you do, how crazy making it can, it can sound and that it is very difficult and that it's not impossible. 